So like I said before, you know, all of the mistakes that we made were upwards of the thousands and tens of thousands. Yeah. And we learnt along the way and we went small and then we went too big and we had too many services and not enough services. So. Yeah. I'm Josh Willett and this is The Straight Shot. This is part one of a two-part episode where we're speaking to Jeremy Hassel from City Cave. Hello and welcome to The Straight Shot. Today we're taking a little bit of a different turn and I'm really excited to say we've got uh, the legend Jeremy Hassel. He's come down from Brisbane. Jeremy is the 2018-2019 Young Entrepreneur of the Year for Business. Um, he's the 2019 Next Gen Global winner, which he took out the prize over in Las Vegas for that. And his company, City Cave, is the top 100 global healthcare companies in the entire world. We're really excited. Jeremy Hassel, welcome. Thanks for coming down. Thanks, Josh. It's, um, that's a really gleaming record. Actually, <laughs> now not... that I listened to it said about me. <laughs> Do you want me to repeat it just to make yourself no, feel no, good again? No, no, that's right. <laughs> cut mate, it that, in half. That, be nice. that's, mate, that's an impressive list already. And, and um, you know, f- for those listening, uh, myself and Jeremy actually went to school together, uh, which was a long time ago. Um, always probably stay connected through social media. Um, and um, when I started these podcasts, uh, forecasting who we were going to have, Mate, you were right at the top of that list because you've got you. a, mate, you've got a really interesting story, and we're going to dive really deep into that from where you started to to where you are today, and then um, most definitely want to talk about you know where we're heading towards in the next couple of years for City Cave your business. Yep. Um, but mate, let's start at the beginning. What did we do? Where did we go? Mate, um, like most young people, we were. Partying, you know, I used to go to the same parties with you, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we were partying, having a good time. I wasn't really thinking too much about the career or the future. Um, my parents had been in construction and building and renovations for a while and okay. property and things like that. So that's okay. kind of where I started to started to s- sniff out the scent was yep. following in the footsteps. And yep. um, yeah, ended up being a carpenter, a builder, Okay. Went overseas for a little bit, came back and was the principal builder for my parents' building and construction company. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was a good chunk of my early years. And then um, from there, I actually met my business partner that I have now today um, in construction. He was Tim Butters. He was actually a tiler. Wow. Um, which is, yeah, we were kind of both from construction. We we're trying to find something different. We had a bit of an entrepreneurial flair. We got drunk at a Christmas party and we were like, Let's do something different. This, Let's roll from this. Yeah, this construction yeah. stuff sucks. So, um, yeah, yeah, we ended up basically jumping out of the ship, gathering all the money and dollars we could together, and we flew to China and started importing some stuff. Okay. Um, what, we went were, to, what were we importing? We went to the Canton Fair. Have you heard of the Canton Fair? It's like a big, tra- it's the biggest trade fair in the world. Okay. And I think we were a little bit behind the eight ball, you know, like the dreams of importing things and trying to make $2 after your dollar spend. Yeah. Kind of, those, those were over. But the yeah, experience okay. was fun. It was good. We went over there and um, they've got everything. It goes for like, it goes for about six weeks. Shit. And the whole Canton Fair is like the size of the Gold Coast in exhibition halls. Wow. So you're thinking like anything that anything that you can see in front of you right now, they would be exhibitioning there in some fashion. Even just putting like 
putting together twine and linen and <laughs> cotton balls and all sorts of weird things. Just everything you can jet think skis, of. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was like an e-commerce business that you were going to try and create. Yeah. yeah, okay. We were a little bit lost. We didn't know what we were doing. We actually rented a space to put all this stuff in that we were going to buy before we even had anything we were going to buy. So <laughs> chicken before the egg. Yeah. But these were the big learnings in business that I think that we found yeah. through this period of our time. Okay. You know, we learned about partnerships. We learned about growth. We learned about cash flow we learn about you know being bold and taking big decisions or making yep. big strong decisions yep. and yep. backing yourself um staff legal system law all that sort of stuff okay okay that was all learnt in the in the background of this business and so, um, so all self-taught or did you feel like you had a couple of bit of support there from i guess your parents from being in business or, or was it really just no all self-taught yeah mostly yeah i would say all self-taught or yep. not i wouldn't say self-taught self-motivated so i was okay. self-motivated to find the information i learned the information i didn't teach it to myself i yeah. i learned the information from people around me because i yep. would ask questions um yeah so probably self-taught's the wrong word but yeah definitely self-motivated to be different or have something different okay okay mm. and so fast forward a few years a couple of failures uh, through through that um couple of thousand failures. couple of thousand failures. <laughs> was there any period of time that, you know, things did get quite, you know, quite severe, quite bad or... Yeah, absolutely. Any, yep. I'll tell... Actually, I'll tell... It was a good story of a time that we started... Okay, so we had our first location that we started with our... Um, we started getting into Manchester, so we're selling bedding, pillows and quilts. Okay. And we had a location in this tiny shopping mall in Springwood... And it was about 65 square metres and we were trying to flog pillows for 10 bucks and all the rest of it. You know, it was a wholesale, direct-to-public yep. thing. We were okay. actually wholesaling to David Jones, Pillow Talk Myers, okay. Rex and all those kinds of people. But we were getting stuck with certain lines of product that we needed to clear. So we yep. created these clearance outlets and we were flogging the stuff out okay. the door in local communities. Okay. And um, it worked really well except for... Our wholesale clients didn't like it. No, <laughs> not, not really. Yeah, um, but we had this tiny little store, and we were literally at—we were on the bones of our ass. We we're about to close it down. We just—it it wasn't making ends meet by any stretch of the imagination. And um, it was an opportunity. We had a little bit of money in the bank, and the opportunity was to move it to a site. It was almost twelve times the size across the road. <laughs> So it was an old retrovision site next door to Rivers in Springwood. I don't okay. know if anyone's listening has heard or been there. It's yeah. still there operating okay. and exists today, which is really cool. Um, and it was like, let's move over there. Rent's only a little bit more expensive, um, but we're going to have to invest every scare of money that we have into marketing this wow. thing yep. so that we can have a big sale because we need to get ourselves out of the shit. And... Um, Funnily enough, yeah, mum and dad came up. We didn't have money for staff, so we just yep. friends and family come and help us flog pillows on the day. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were up there pre-opening on. We had a Thursday to to Monday campaign, and yep. we went balls to the wall. We did all of the non-traditional and some traditional marketing methods, as far as. We had little, we got core flutes. We got like about 60 core flute signs made. We were sticking them in all the garden beds around the area. So like you literally, we mapped it out on Google Maps. You literally couldn't drive past. Without one of your signs. Without one of yeah, our signs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's on that major intersection on the highway. Yep. So we, we had flashing signs when people were pulling <laughs> off the highway. We were dragging people from everywhere. We got, we hired trailers from Kennards and got big core flute signs. And we just 
cheekily to the council. We just, just parked them, them everywhere. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, like, yeah. screw this. These things are going everywhere. And um, long story short, we had a line two people deep all the way to the back of the store and then back out to the front of the store. And we turned over $130,000 in six days. <laughs> And we had ten grand in the bank beforehand. We were like, "Let's throw this. This is all. This is what else are we going to do? It's this or nothing." Holy! So shit. within six days, we and by making a bold decision, you yeah. know, even still, I remember the feeling like I get that like choked up, nervous, yeah. goosebump feeling yeah. driving down there, thinking, "This is it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. going to go back to being on the tools. The yeah. business partnership failed. This wasn't a thing. Wow. Um. And that was a real... Was that a moment? That was a pivotal moment for me and Tim to for sort of look at each other to go... We're in this together. We can yeah. orchestrate something. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. know how to herd people into yeah. a specific area or a place or yeah. make noise in a marketplace where yeah. we couldn't before. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those things where... Know how to get your friends to work for free for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we remunerated with <laughs> a can of Coke and a bunning sausage. Everyone got lunch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it's... um Yeah, that I think that was one of the most crucial moments in, in my time is to see... Yeah what can actually happen yeah wow when it's it's that whole thing you know when you're pushed up against the wall and you've got nowhere else to go you yeah. don't have anyone to turn to there's nowhere else to look yeah you have to be smart yeah and you have to be brave yeah and you it almost is like when you crash like if you're about to crash a car time slows down yeah that's what it felt like so we had to be very sharp yeah. Everything mattered. Every yeah. point mattered. Every crucial step we took mattered. Yeah. Because if if it didn't if it didn't work out, you you were fucked. Mm. Pretty much. And do you know what the cool thing yeah. is? Is that feeling. That's the feeling that I chase now. Yeah. Really. I'm looking yeah. for that just constantly. Because if yeah. I'm not in that sort of fight or flight, yeah. hypersensitive, hyper aware, hyper focused mode. Yeah. Then I'm afraid of what's not being fixed, done, or executed or the outcome what the outcome could could effectively be exactly yeah so you didn't think with that that sort of turnover go fuck let's just reorder again and go again or was it just like nah we're no, not we're so not into manchester there was a there was a combination of quite a few things so yeah. obviously like i said the our wholesale clients weren't happy with the yeah. retail arm of our business because we were selling their product yeah cheaper than what we sell it to them for um so there was just, just a bit of argy bargy yeah in the yep. industry and what we were doing Plus, I didn't want to die being the pillow guy. Like, that's... Yeah. yeah what yeah, am I going yeah. to have that on my... I mean, yeah. I'll sleep all right, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah. You know, okay. You'll pillows. sleep pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Imagine my tomb. <laughs> you okay. know, they put me in my coffin. It's like, that is the luscious coffin I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 2015, moving into 2016. So, I'm assuming um, mm -hmm. with that, with those funds is what... Took us to the to the next adventure. No, no. Okay. So we, I think it probably was probably about 2014. Okay. And then we rode that wave. We did actually pursue this career, and we grew to eight locations in Brisbane, um, and it worked really well. We were okay. doing great things. Um, there was obviously still the ups and downs. We were like yep. a travelling circus with this um, wholesale model. Right. Okay. Um, which worked really well. So okay. we'd go into pop up locations. So rent was cheap, and we could yep. leave if it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, it was just. A lot of resources, a lot of time. Yeah. Opening boxes, you know. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't glamorous and wasn't enjoyable yeah. and yeah. you know it was, yep. it was retail. Retail's hard, you know. Well, For sure. I'm trying to convince someone to spend you know sixty dollars on this three hundred seventy five thread count sheet set. Yeah. Um, which I know they're probably just going to 
go in the cupboard with all the rest of them that they bought the yeah. other week. So yeah, 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 yeah. Just wasn't doing anything. Okay. You know? just Didn't excite you. No. You knew it was paying the bills, but it wasn't something that you were, you know, passionate about or, or, or didn't want to really just get up out of bed no. and go, fuck yeah, I'm going to sell some bed sheets. Today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. we were traveling quite a lot as well. So we were looking, like we were opening a, um, a office over in China. We were in and out of Thailand. Spent a bit of time over there. So the business actually did quite a lot of cool things for us. But yep. And that's where it led me into where we are today is okay. we were traveling quite a lot. So looking for things for jet lag and yep. trying to be more efficient with staff and people like that. Um, and then stress, you know, like these common yep. things yep. of stress that, things that every businesses up. deal yep. with. Like, you know, you deal with people, you deal with stress. That's just yeah, what it is. So for sure. So you're yeah. traveling a lot. You've got a lot of stress going on with the Manchester business. You're in heaps of locations. You're going to Thailand. You're going to China. You're setting up businesses overseas. Um, and you're trying to find a, almost a, a cure for yourself in, in, in your own mindfulness and your own wellness. And that led, I guess, to you doing some further research into your own self, which then created what we are here today at, at, at City Cave. But tell me a little bit about your initial experiences before City Cave and tell me a little bit about you know what led you led you to that path. What got us there? Um, yeah, like you said, everything was fast paced. I'm a curious kind of guy. I want to try things that people yep. haven't tried before. I want to, you know, walk into depths of the unknown just so that I can say that I've experienced it. Yeah. And um, yeah, heard about this float therapy thing. You know, Joe Rogan talks about it quite a bit. And at that time it wasn't he wasn't talking about it as much, but he talked about it a little bit. Um, and then I had a friend that talked to me about it and then my brother said it and, you know, three times a charm, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, um, okay. There's got to be some journey or path that I might learn or if it releases or reduces anxiety, that's a great thing. I've had anxiety since I was a young kid. So, you know, any times that can help me or anything that can help me reduce anxiety is amazing. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll utilise that. Um, so that's what that's where it came about and then we went to go and find a centre. Okay. Um, so tell me what tell me for people listening that that don't know float therapy. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times, and and it was you that encouraged me. At the time, you didn't have a city cave down on the Gold Coast. Yeah, um, first time was kind of weird, <laughs> and it's like okay, <laughs> when's expect? the hour up? <laughs> like yeah. I'm pretty bored right now. Second time, I think you know I, I definitely got a bit of a groove on. Third time, I think I was literally asleep in about five minutes. So perfect, um, which is I think what you want to do for you know a bit of meditating and things like that, but. For people listening, tell us a little bit about float therapy because I'm, I can assure you there'll be a lot of people there that the elevator have pitch. no idea no idea what you're even talking yeah. about. Yeah. So float therapy is about sensory deprivation. So you, you basically lay in 400 kilos of Epsom salt. The air temperature and the um, water temperature are the same as your skin, so it rests at about 34.5 degrees. Okay. Um, so you actually can't tell where the water starts or finishes. So that's the idea yeah, of the okay. sensory deprivation is to remove that sense of your body. Second to that was we turn the lights off so that it's pitch black. Yep. Plus, there's no sound. Um, yep. Sometimes you can have some meditation music at the start and the end or yep. throughout, but generally it's about sensory deprivation. Yeah. Um, so it's that whole method, you know, back in the day when we had a television set or a VCR that wasn't working, it's like, have you tried just turning it off and turning it back on? Yeah. This is what float therapy is. Turning yourself off, turning yourself back on. Disconnect again. to reconnect. That's yeah. what we call it. Yeah, yeah. I found, not the first time, and I, and I think <laughs> you'll probably laugh at that because I think everyone probably says the same thing. Yeah. But come that second or third time, I actually felt weeks afterwards, um, my sleep was better. My sleep was a lot deeper. Yep. Um, 
I was waking up probably a little bit more refreshed. I did actually, being completely honest with you, I probably slept longer. So I was, even though once I woke up, I was fine, but I definitely did notice that I was not waking up at my usual time, which is around that 6.30, 7 in the morning. I I am a bit of a late waker. But I was really going through to 8, (laughs) 8 8.30 if I didn't have an alarm. Is that normal or? Yeah, actually, after your first few sessions, it is really normal to have much deeper sleep. Obviously, you're lowering cortisol levels because you're laying in Epsom salts, which is magnesium sulfate. So that much magnesium, lowering cortisol levels, relaxing your muscles. And again, that reset, I think, Flow therapy is very unique for the mm. individual. So mm-hmm. people go on their own tangent. If I'm going in for stress, what results am I going to get? I'm probably going to de-stress. de-stress. If I've got a sore back and I'm going in to fix my back, I'm going to fix my back. Okay. Um, so all of the or you're going in for psoriasis, you're going to fix your skin. All these yeah. things happen. And it's funny because we've always talked about the mind being the most powerful thing to heal the body. Yes. Now all I'm doing is you're, you're identifying with me what your issues are. Yep. you're then going into a tank that's going to put your mind to work to fix those issues and then you come out with those issues resolved. Yeah. So although there is the meditative sides to it and sensory deprivation and all the rest of it, I think it's the intention that's more important. And what do you recommend people, like is this something that you should be doing once a week, once a fortnight, once a month or is it just a case by case? Or? Yeah, again, it's, it's relative yeah. to the person. If you're a high flyer you're, and you're stressed out all the time, you're working 70 hours a week, yep. I would say once a week would probably be really beneficial for you to keep yep. performing at that optimum level. Yeah, okay. If you're just dealing with, you know, environmental stress yep. and people and life and relationships and yep. all that kind of stuff, you know, once a fortnight, once a month, it's okay. really just up to you just to maintain that balance. Okay. Um, and then sports recovery is probably something relatively similar. Yep. Don't use it as a reactive measure. Use it as a proactive measure. So, you know, fortnightly, on the fortnight, same time, same right. everything. So okay. that when you're doing it, your body knows this is my time this to relax. Time. This is my time to recover. This yep. is my time to realign and adjust. Okay. okay. All right. Repetition. Your body's very good at doing what it does, but we're not very good at, you know, doing coordinating yeah, all yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So okay. you, if you give your body that this repetitive thing then it's going to yearn it it's going to want it and it's going to get the benefit out of it right okay so it's 2016 you've done you've you've now experienced it yourself yeah you've seen the benefits of float therapy and really being in tune with your body and your mind and 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 where you need to head so then you and tim decide to come up with this grand plan to open up your own so tim and i tried it first and foremost and you know the benefits were within the tank and within us that's where we found the actual growth and we came out and the center didn't facilitate what we were going there for so afterwards right. i felt a little bit you know i was sitting on an uncomfortable chair yeah had a little tea and then i had to leave and i walked out into a busy queen street in brisbane city mm. and it was like so full-on and i was like there's actually some really important things. And it was like I was saying before, at the beginning of your float and your intention as you go in is really important yep. because it gives you a result on the other end. And then at the other end, if you basically flicking yourself back on in the wrong environment, you're flicking yourself back it's on into the stressed out yep. you know, vibes you. and environment. So that was, you. I kind of, yeah, we both sort of pictured that there's, whoever's doing it and whatever's happening right now, they're doing it wrong. So yeah. Yeah. here was the opportunity for us. Everyone needs it. I mean, we're more stressed out than we've ever been. You know, the amount of screen time that we use from our laptops, phones and yeah. iPads and everything else that we have in the, now our watches. Yeah. The stimulation is so 
much more amplified than what it used to be 10, 15 years sure. ago, you know, when we went to school together. Yeah. There was no such thing as an iPhone. No, nah, nah. And my dad used to talk about the most creative time for a man was when he sat on the toilet because... <laughs> It's true, it still is. Yeah, it still is. But when we used to sit on the toilet, we would sit in silence. Yeah. And then that's when all of the ideas come up. This is where all the creativity spurs and this is when all the things so start to happen. True. Yep. And we don't have that anymore. So every yep. time that you have a waking second where you're by yourself, you grab your phone. Yeah. So all yeah. we're trying to do at City Cave is we're trying to facilitate a place for you to actually disconnect. Yeah. Put it away. Yep. You know you're focusing in on that time that's going to be for your benefit, whether yeah. it be creativity, whether it be sports recovery, whether it be stress-related things, whatever. But yeah. this is what City Cave's about. So yeah. we, although we do float therapy, we are a health brand. We are a yeah. wellness brand. Yeah. And City Cave itself is about balance. And even just the two words itself, City Cave, it's like yeah. the city is the man-made thing, the phone, the tablet, the life yeah. that we live right now. And the cave is the restoration, the place where we used to escape, escape. to find... Yeah solitude, health, recovery, all those kinds of things. Switch off, get away. Yeah, love it. So let's get straight into the crux of the business of City Cave. Yep. You started at, um, which location did you start at? James Street. James Street, yep. yep. And then kicking along, kicking ass there, doing really well, probably disrupting that industry really, really quickly. Is that sort of... No. Am I right in saying that? No, <laughs> not, not at all. Okay. Not kicking ass, making lots of mistakes and building the yep. the business completely wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, we we were doing, we were, Tim and I were working every single hour in the week. You know, it's really funny is, you know, you, you build this center for yourself because you want to have this escape and then it becomes your nightmare because it, you can't yep. get away from it and customers yep. are trying to get something and you don't realize it's the duck thing, you know, like we're yep. under the surface trying to operate this business the best yep. way that we could. Yeah. Even to the point where, you know, the little DJ desk over there, that's what we used to have. In our float tanks, we used to have a cord, literally an AUX cable that used to run all the way to the computer and we had four of them and we would DJ the music for people. <laughs> and now we've since evolved that, obviously. Um, but that was how the business used to operate. It was yeah, very right. chaotic and we were just like, yeah. this is too much. The yep. salt kills and it, it yep. absolutely ruins everything. Yeah. Um, and this is going to lead into probably what your next question is going to be about yeah. is like, why did you franchise? Yeah. And it's because of these reasons. So the first center that we opened, you know, it was chaos for six months. Yeah. And then we got our first hire, which gave us the ability to step out and actually have a look and how can we fix it. Um, we fixed it. We slowly implemented things. We had the opportunity with the Greyer boys, actually. Their yep. parents, um, they had a place for lease that had been sitting there for a little bit. And um, we thought, look, let's go hard or go home. The reality is, is like a, we're passion-built people. So yep. we were delivering the product, not very well, but we were delivering the product to the customer and the customer was coming out with all these different reasons as to why they were here. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, we're not doing enough. Yeah, like yeah. They're, getting, they're starting to get the feeling that I got when I got out of a float tank, but that I'm not finishing the product for them. I'm not giving them the total solution. So hence right. why we moved to Paddington to open the wellness yep. part of our business, which was the infrared saunas, yep. practitioner rooms and massage. Okay. And we wanted to create an all-encompassing wellness product. So um, James Street is just floats. There's nothing else no, there. No, James Street oh. at the moment, well, we've... We've renovated. We've spent the same Since amount then. of money yeah, yeah, yeah. on a build of City Cave 
threefold at James Street <laughs> yeah, right. just because of how many times he made mistakes. But right. it's been great learnings for us. Yeah, for sure. So at the moment, James Street has float, sauna and practitioner okay. rooms. But at the time, it but at It the was just floats. Yeah. yeah, okay. okay. Um, yeah, so Paddington had a yoga space, we had practitioner rooms, we had everything going on. And it was 400 and something square metres, so it was like three times the size of what our original one was. Yeah. And um, yeah... We so made we made even more mistakes. Yeah, you would have. We went too big. We yeah, were like, we too big. let's go as large as we could possibly can. Yeah. Um, which was really, yeah, that was eye opening, and again went back into that scary yep. slash love feeling that I have in Going, business, shit, where it's what have like, we done? Yeah. man, we're strapped into this thing. We know yep. we're committed ten years with um, the Grayers. We've still got James Street that's operating. Yeah. We're getting the customers. We're just not getting the same amount of retention. We're not getting the same amount of. Um, Right. Flow, you know, there was so just the so many things that probably, needed help. So because you went so big, maybe you dropped that core essence of what you really wanted to do was have that holistic, like that whole service there yeah. where they could come in for the float and then feel like they're not just leaving, stepping straight out back into the real world. Well, we got, it, that, we got it right. Okay. There was just a couple of nuances in the businesses that weren't right. So right. originally we had the practitioners that were doing 50, uh, we were doing a percentage share and then that yep. worked into different and then, now the model itself is the practitioners actually rent rooms. They bring in customers and clients and into their the centre. Plus, they we get yep. the ability to refer to them because they're yep. preferred City Cave um, yes. practitioners. Yes. But everyone that comes in to see these guys that yep. are coming from us yep. are now setting foot in a centre that they've never seen before. Yeah. You know, you know, your standard physios and doctors and all those kinds of things, it's stark white. It's lifeless. Like, yeah. there's no health. It doesn't feel yeah. healthy going into a doctor's clinic, does it? Yeah. It feels disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> almost. yeah, yeah. And clinical and yeah. just not... Very clinical. Yeah, yeah it's not the yeah. right vibe. So we sort of flip that on its head. So people are coming, oh, I'm going for my physio appointment and I feel like I'm in a day spa. Like, what yeah. the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, Jez, you said before you went too big at Paddington and scared the shit out of you and, and you made some serious mistakes with that, which you've definitely now fixed in the business. But tell us, dive a little bit deeper for us with that. Um, so, we didn't realise, you know, people are the hardest things to manage in any business. You know, Maccas does really well because they've got yep. people focused in on one particular thing. Yeah. Um, where we, you know, we went so large that, required a lot of human capital to actually operate the thing and what Got we it. weren't very good at was understanding what that looked like so the the, the hardest thing you know is psychologists nutritionists naturopaths physiotherapists musculoskeletal therapists these are all different people with all yeah. different sets of needs with all different types of wants and needs in the yep. rooms and yep. way that they operate so that was a really challenging thing was to try and get a get a grasp on the people Yep. And put it into some sort of structure that made sense that we could understand so that we can then analyze it. Yeah. Um, we were a little bit underfunded, so we didn't have enough capital in the bank to ride out the first six months of a business that, yep. you know, I would always say <laughs> to people, but it also will go against what I believe as well. But, you know, don't go in naive to think that the like that you only need a certain amount of money and then the customers are just gonna start coming. It yeah. just doesn't work like that. Um, but then on the second foot of that, that's how you learn how to grow because you that's don't have it. a choice. <laughs> so you start that's running it. around shops. Hey, yeah. guys, have you heard about this thing called City Cave? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. And um, you touched on the fact that you know you had some of these staff members, a, a lot of your, your practitioners that you're on a 
I'm assuming like a 50-50 split. Yep. Um, but you completely change that model yep. where it's now, it's their own business effectively. Yep. And they're just renting a space off you, which then you both refer to each other. That's right. Has that, by doing that, that's obviously lowered the a fair bit of pressure yep. from you guys. And it's like, well, that's your business. We're here to help you and support you. But you're to do the daily tasks and, and, and all of that. Was yeah. that one of the reasons why? Like, to that's just a, take That's it? a big one. So the ownership of, you know, whose responsibility it was to get clients was not ours anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. Whereas before it's like, okay, we're doing a percentage share, then that means that I sit here and you fill me up. Yeah. And they don't, yep. they, don't they don't act like a small business owner. So what, yep. I mean, as a father, you kind of, and that's what it feels like sometimes as a business owner, but I want you to provide you with the best tools for you to succeed. Yeah. I don't want to deliver or give you all these things because yeah. you're going to act as an employee. You know, I need yeah. passion in my business. Yeah. I don't need employees. Yeah. Um, so that was just a way that we did that was by getting them to basically buy into the space rather than um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, rather than sell them the dream that we're going to fill them up and make them the busiest person on the planet. Exactly right, which never happens. So yeah. so you've got two, two spaces. Yep. The two of you are running madly. I'm assuming you're just literally working like a dog. Yep. It was at that point there that you had to make the decision, okay, are we big enough and, and are we capable of doing this time and time and time and over again to try and build City Cave? Mm. Or do we believe we've got an amazing business model and we're at a space where we've got what we're going on and mm. we can prove that the formula works. So we're here to help and let's let's franchise. So, so you made a decision pretty early on in the piece. So tell me yeah. about that. Um, so like I said before, you know, all of the mistakes that we made were upwards of the thousands and tens of thousands. Yeah. And we learnt along the way and we went small and then we went too big and we had too many services and not enough services. So yeah. we feel like as far as a, you know, as a franchisor, if, I, if, if there was ever to be one, you've tried everything. Yeah. I didn't do it once and nail it and then think you guys could all do it as well. Yeah, exactly I right. did the I did the small model, which there's yeah. a lot of different float centers out there doing that. And I've done the massive model, which yeah. no one actually has ever built a center the size that we've built it. Yeah. Um, and once we ran it off the edges, got it running and well-oiled and made it function yeah. like a proper organism yeah. and it was self-sufficient, it was running how it needed to, yeah. that's when we were like, I don't wish this upon my worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, 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 what's yeah. a way that I can protect people from doing yeah. that? Because I yeah. want, one, I want to protect the industry. Two, yeah. I'm actually really, I give a shit about people and yeah. I want them to do well and succeed in life. Yeah. And three, franchising was not in a very good light, but it was a great opportunity for us to, yeah. you know, be in a space with something unique yeah. that can set us aside. Yeah. Yep. So... That's why we. That's why we decided to go down the franchising path, and out of protection, and um, again, there was there was an opportunity there as well. Yeah, for sure. So you've now got nine centres. Seven of them are franchised. Yes. You've got two. You just told me off air you're about to open two more. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to to one of them because it's right near my office, so that's really good. Um, mate, tell us about the growth and and how that. And how that's been because it's been really fast. Probably yeah. hasn't felt that for you, but no. for me, looking from the outside, you've opened up your first shop in 2016. It's now 2019. You got nine, um, and seven of them are franchise. And we're not also for the people listening at home. Like we're talking Ipswich, we're talking Mermaid Waters on the Gold Coast, a number in Brisbane, 
you know, they're, they're locations Sydney. all over the place. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Okay, I didn't even know Sydney. So they're actually now interstate. Yes. So that's hectic. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it probably does look hectic. Um, yep. We actually, you know, up until a couple of months ago, have never advertised our franchise. Um, and we've grown organically. And Yeah, that's a testament, what, man. To, to, you know, to some people, that organic growth looks like a explosion but for us it's been completely natural and we've yep. done it with the right people and yep. to give you some growth actual perspective so 12 months ago or just over 12 months ago we were actually let's go three years ago when we first started yep we are now turning over in our month than what we turned over in our first year holy shit for the whole company yeah that's insane um so well done, the, mate. so bodies on the floor we now have we, we have over four and a half thousand people seeing a city cave every single month, which for me literally means holy shit. That's exciting. I'm making impact on four and a half thousand people's lives. Yeah, that they're every single time someone walks into my business, they're leaving better off. Wow, and that's unbelievable for me. Yeah. And that's what I want to see grow. That's the fire yeah. in the belly. That's the passion. That's why we want to accelerate as fast yeah. as we can because yep. we need more of it. I think yep. you know the world can steer the ship into the ground if we if you get stuck into these negative stories on social media and yep. everything else. So we need to start steering people in the other direction. And yep. if you're feeling a little bit more positive about life or things that are going on in your world or you're achieving those little bit extra things, then for you, all the yep. decisions you make from then on are going to be in a positive direction. So. Yeah. I can't control everyone's decision making, yep. but what I can do is I can make people happier. So yep. the goal is for me is to make as many happy people on the planet as we can, and that'll steer the ship in the right direction. That's awesome. I don't man. know if you listen to people that are, you know, your Elon Musk and yep. stuff like that, but there's, they talk about a grim future if we don't, if if the world doesn't act oh, in the right direction. 100%. This is a this we've is a way a res- of balancing that. We've got a responsibility, you know, mm. to for, you know. You don't yet. You don't have any kids yet, but mate, myself, I've <laughs> yeah. got a two and a half year old, and you know it really highlights that when you when you do start having children and 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 you realise the world that we live in and and, and want want a better life for them and yep. uh, and to there's got to be a future. That. There's got to be. There a future, has to mate. be a future. Yeah. So Jeremy, uh, nine locations for City Cave. Uh, seven of them are franchise. We're about to open up another two before the end of the year. Yep. Where to next? Um, a long, long way away from here. No, uh, we City Cave's got a really big growth plan ahead of itself, okay. and I think there's a few reasons for that. One, you know, we're in franchising; we're not fitness or food. Yep. And two, we're selling a product that you can't buy online. I think those two things are really mm. important when it comes to the future of what we're trying to produce. Um, and hopefully, we're paving the way for other businesses to fall into the same category. You know, experience-based businesses in franchising. I think that's a really great space, and I think it'll reignite what franchising means to people. Um, okay. It was, you know, we were we were so focused on the product in franchising before that. You know, you were focused on the Brumbies bread or the, you know, yeah. the McDonald's burger, yeah. and now we're focusing on the individual and trying yeah. to create and enhance experiences. And I yeah. think that's the future of franchising. Yeah, um, it's got a bit of a bad name in Australia at the moment, but sure. you know, yeah, hopefully we can bring it out of bring it out of the depths and okay. um, show people what franchising actually is. Because, like I was saying earlier. If I knew what I knew now, I would have bought a franchise off me 
every day of the week. Yeah. And that's a question that we consistently ask ourselves. Okay. So when it comes to the future of what we're trying to do, obviously, is to implement and grow that from a business perspective. Okay. Um, we also want to impact as many lives as we possibly can on yep. the planet. Um, yep. So, you know, Australia was going to see us over the next three to five years um, with 100 locations, well, between okay. 100 and 150. Um, but we really have our sights set on America. So okay. we're working on a strategic partnership over there. Um, I can't say too much about no. it yet, but um, you know we're focusing our or some of our energy into breaking into the American market. Okay. They're actually a big player in the world. And when I go back and talk about you know the happiness and the health of human beings, I think they're really influential power that yeah. that really needs help in this direction. They yeah. need a happier population. You know, I've yeah. spent a bit of time over there. I've lucky been lucky enough to spend a bit of time over there the last couple of years. But they're a population that really could utilize yeah. this help in that direction because okay. they do influence quite a lot of people. I mean, they influenced us for yeah. the first 30 years of bloody Australia, or yeah. you know, from what I know anyway. Yeah. Um, so we're just trying to break into that market. Okay. And we see that market having about 1,500 locations over the yeah. next five to eight years. The American dream. So that's that's the cool. goal for, for okay. City Cave, and that's where it wants to go. And, and, you know. and have you got things in place for that? Like, I don't know, I'm thinking... Off, off, off hand here. Like, if you can, if you're going to be growing the business to 100, 150 locations, you're going to have the ability to then probably still be the the sole owners of of Paddington and James Street. Like, if you had put thought into that, or is it going yeah, to be a absolutely. case that you may peel away from that and then just purely be focusing on the business rather than being in the business? Um, I think it's really important to have a, a corporate entity or a corporate okay. um, presence within your franchise system because that keeps you in touch Leading with the customer. From the front. Yep. Um, we played with the idea of getting rid of one of our local James Street um, yeah. and selling it, um, but we've since retracted that. You know, we've okay. we've got a lot of mentors in our space. We've just been lucky enough to meet a lot of people out of the journey that we've had. Yeah. Um, and for me, everything that I've picked up, I think what th my decision is that I would prefer to have a you know a local touch. Yeah. On yeah. onto the customer, onto the yeah. actual communities that I'm trying to affect so when we implement change i'm not implementing change to my franchisees from a corporate level from a you're trialing it first yeah. before you're going to implement it It gives us those yep. those tools and methods to be able to do that and, and the last thing that you want to do is you know throw things out to your franchise system without having tried it Trial. yourself yeah um, that must give a lot of confidence to your franchisees well, to know so. that everything that you're you're requesting of them asking them to do um change up you've actually already tried it trialed mm. it um, if it fails, you, we just don't even bring it up. But if you can see the success of that change, That's right. they're going to do it because they've seen you do it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the media slams franchising because, you know, oh, they charge exorbitant fees yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But the reality is, is you know, the, a franchise gives you the opportunity to operate and pull yep. the levers of a business that has been done before you. Yep. And if you do that effectively, that's when you'll succeed. Yep. And where I think the disconnect between, you know, franchisees and franchisors over yep. the years has been, you know, this corporate, structure. corporate structure. And then yep. they don't have touch with the community. So they yep. throw down things and yep. then they're saying, you need to pay more for this. And, and there's no why. Yep. Like, yeah. why am I doing that? My, yep. my business is operating. It's profitable now. Why are you making me spend or invest another $100,000 to get this yep. new fresh look on yeah on your business so yeah. having that level you know in a corporate Just being on the ground yeah exactly yeah. we need yeah. to we need to that. know it. so we're back in t tim and i at the moment we're back in our store not working physically in the stores but you know yeah. we're co-managing we've had 
a lot of girls um, in our because we, we employ a lot of women. It's just a strong women force in our, this wellness yep. space. Yeah, for um, sure. For now. And, um, you know, we, we're seeing a lot of pregnancies, which is great. So we're seeing it, we're, we're, we're congratulating a lot of people that have actually, yeah. you know, since been told that they'd never be pregnant and yeah, now right. start to work for us. They introduce to the acupuncturist who does, you know, yeah, wow. um, fertility and that sort of thing. They're floating heaps, they're doing infrared saunas. And long behold, there's a lot of people pregnant. falling pregnant. And, you know, everyone's having this journey of health just by That's being awesome, close man. to this brand, which is really yeah. cool. But what comes with that is we, we are losing people Stuff like issues. flies. <laughs> um, so and unfortunately, that never ends. So no. it's uh, it's a never-ending cycle. Um, I know in our business, you know, you just got to be constantly recruiting. Yep. Um, you may not need them. You may not even have the space for them. Yep. But you just never know when one of your staff members' life changes for people, new life direction. Yep. And all of a sudden, you've got three, four deaths spare. Yeah, exactly. um, and if you haven't been on that recruitment train for... You're scaring through emails that are like six months ago. No, you got no hope. you got no hope. So it's just a never-ending uh, task, that, that refilling desks and staffing issues. But, mate, that's why we do it. It's exciting. Yeah, so from a business perspective, like what we're doing, Tim and I now, like anything that happens like this is always an opportunity for us to grow or for us to yeah. learn something. And, and I think that everything happens for us in some direction. So... I think this has been our opportunity to get back on the ground with our managers, yep. um, implement change, try and facilitate how they need the change. Because there's a there's a funny space, and the reason why that we're the reason why we're doing it is we, we're not going to pick right with every franchisee. That's yep. just the nature of franchising. They say ten percent. You know, you're yep. always going to have ten percent of your franchisees not doing well. The squeaky wheels, and then yep. everyone else will be cheering and loving everything that's going on. And um, for us, well, for me, the way that I picture a good franchisee, you've got you've got the entrepreneur, someone who wants to start yep. a business and they want to go out and do their own thing. They're very creative, they have their own ideas and they want to implement all those ideas. Then you've got a manager and a manager or, you know, like a sort of high-flying manager, a general manager or something like that, they can manage and operate a business but they still need direction and task yeah, orientation. Sure. Yeah. The perfect person is the person in the middle for us, which I would call the franchisee. So the person who, you know, doesn't want to take the risk of having to yeah. be, you know, ingenious all the time and come up with all this yeah. creativity to fix things, but, you know, wants to have the freedom of being a business owner and can, you know, yeah. facilitate, you know, from a financial perspective. Yeah. Plus they also have some goals and dreams in mind yeah. of the, their of their own. But I also think they're they're the type of spirit that, that also wants to challenge as yeah. well and are happy to challenge and happy to speak up. Mm. But probably not ones to yeah, like you said, take all the risk and, yeah, and that's have right. all the blame. They'd love to at least challenge your ways and maybe think get you guys thinking in a different direction. Yeah. Um, but then still have that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. You know? So for us, um, knowing the manager or yeah. the general manager and, and the entrepreneur yeah. and trying to find the person in the middle. When I say that we'll pick wrong, we'll pick on one side of the fence. Yeah. And for the entrepreneur, what that does is it creates issues because they're trying to change things very often and, you know, the systems work and operate how they yeah. do. So you need to facilitate spaces for them to, you know, feel creativity and feel like they're being yeah. heard and that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. And then on a management level, we're going to have franchisees that are going to walk in that are possibly thinking that they're just buying themselves a job yeah and they're very task yep. orientated and very yep. task driven so we have to micromanage yep. all the things they're doing to help them see that you know you actually have the capability to be the next to be tier this. Yeah. but some people don't ever and won't yep. ever exceed past there so that's yep. just kind of we're that in picking wrong we're going to pick one of those two and yep, um sure. so we just need to learn how to facilitate or manage those two things yeah and that's that's where you'll learn yeah
Well, thank you all so much for listening in right through to the end. That was uh, some really good take-homes there. If you want to reach out to, to Jeremy, just uh, you can hit him up on Instagram at, at Jeremy Hassel, nice and easily. If you're really intrigued by uh, the City Cave movement, would really love for you to hit uh, their website, all the W's at .citycave.com.au um, and to find a location near you. And Jeremy has definitely said if there's not one on there, near you there will be one soon with uh, such um, severe growth that's expected over the next few years from from the boys at city cave like always if you're loving what you're hearing make sure you slam down on that subscribe button would love to uh, keep those notifications coming to you share this post out get it out there would love for as many people to hear this as possible if you've got any questions for myself you can always hit me up on instagram at, at josh underscore willett on instagram talk to you soon peace <laughs>